We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two chances for that. Welcome to episode number 23 of The Take with Willie Mason. I am here with Willie Mason. How are we, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm, uh, do you like my shirt? I love your shirt, actually. It's You're a consultant I'm a for, consultant. for, for uh, some a cows or something? A sheepyard. Yep. A sheepyard? Yep. I, uh, you know I grew up on a beach. I didn't know one end of a cattle <laughs> yard for another. You do not pass Anzac Parade, mate. Consultant. You've been venturing down into the country I now, haven't country. you? Yeah. yeah, it's good. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, you live a very highly stressful life being a pharmacist. So yeah, you need to get out of Sydney. Well, I'm out of Sydney and I'm consulting on sheep yards now. It could be a career when this thing. Anyway, fails. before we start, I just want to um, share my thoughts with everybody in uh, Lebanon, in Beirut, and all my um, Lebanese friends and counterparts. Um, my my prayers and blessings are with all you guys and. I hope all your families are, are okay because it's a, it's a terrible time. It's a terrible day. So, yeah, um, well, my thoughts and prayers are with all you guys. Yeah, well said, big fella. Didn't expect that, actually. Uh, now we're going to roll into coaching, which seems less important than what you just said. But anyway, Wayne Bennett, your man, yeah. old Uncle Wayne, father figure for William, mm-hmm. has come out today in what is probably my favourite part of the rugby league season to date. And he's given it to poor old Anthony Seabold. And when I say poor old Anthony Seabold, I don't like Anthony Seabold. So this is great. Yeah, I know. You were very excited before we come in and going, yes, Wayne just hammered Seabold. And I was just wondering why why he did it. And then I just – and you've obviously like – like I don't look – I don't read the fine print or anything like that. I mainly – I don't really read the news that much. I um, But I know that Wayne hates Seabold for some reason. And Wayne doesn't come out – and say anything to anyone. So Seabold's obviously hit a nerve and pissed him off. And for Wayne to come out and say and actually comment on stuff, you've seen him in any after any sort of any game, all these all these presses that he's done in the last thirty some thirty something years, he's never attacked anyone like this. So Seabold obviously pisses Uncle Wayne off, and he's um, he's returned serve. Well, it's, it's a good. big. It's good it's, to hear. It's a big grudge match this week, I guess. And so let's just feel the let's feel the let's feel the fans and audiences. What? Why do? Why does Wayne dislike Seabold? You know everything what's going on. I know everything about everything. Well, I think the main reason probably is the fact that I mean they essentially swap roles. So Seabold left South to coach the Broncos. Yep. There are. I mean, it's pretty obvious that that deal was done without Wayne Bennett knowing about it. Wayne Bennett then found out he was without a job the year ahead. So we're still talking about the season in advance. Yep. When Seabold found out – when Seabold signed with the Broncos for the year behind or the year ahead, Bennett then understandably cracked the shits and yep. went to South. South signed him. Seabold has sort of tried to whitewash, I think, in his first year the achievements that Bennett – well, he took all he took all the Wayne, the the Wayneisms around, took them all off the the gym and everything. I heard about all this petty shit, which which sort of started it. And Wayne doesn't he doesn't miss many things like that. A lot of people would have told him, and things like that would have pissed him off because he built that whole club. So I can understand where he's coming from and what you've just said. It's very petty from from Seabolt. Yeah, and I just think Wayne's Wayne is a man's man, and he's going to stand up for himself. And if he's if he feels wrong. 
he's going to come at you. And I think probably – he was probably asked a question. I, I don't know how it came out, but he was probably asked a question because obviously South are playing the Broncos this week and it obviously still burns with him. Because he, he would never answer it unless he wanted to. Like Wayne has, controls the narrative all the time and if he wants something out there, he puts it out there. So obviously like Seabold has pissed him off and he's, he's getting what he deserves. Well, the thing with Seabold as well is that, you know, I think when you go to a new club, you basically have to you have to take into account the people that got the club to where it is. And and to try and whitewash his I understand he's a young coach and he's probably not, you know, he's probably not dealing with the pressure as well as he could. But to not take accountability and to blame other people when things aren't going your way, it's not to – for, for my way of thinking, not just coaching but anything, it's not the way forward it's, if you want to have a long career. It's the leadership. It's, it all comes into leadership, like being a coach, being accountable. You're supposed to teach these kids about taking accountability every single week. And if you can't take accountability yourself, what, what, is, what do your peers think about you? you know, you're right. supposed to be a leader of men. You're coaching the Broncos. They are, the, like, they are the prem, one of the premier clubs for the last 30 plus years. You know what I mean? Like there's big responsibilities and you want that head job. You wanted it, <laughs> pardon the pun. <laughs> you wanted that job. You wanted that job and you've got it and and it beca- and it, it comes with a lot of responsibilities and accountability for your actions. And if you can't have accountability for your actions, what are you supposed to do if you're a guy like Tavita Pangai Jr. who allegedly at the moment wants out of his contract? Mm. You know, David Fafita. Didn't want to sign with the Broncos. This shit never happens. Not you always sign with the Broncos. You never leave the Broncos. It rarely happens. So there's a lot of things um, going bad up north. Well, tell, tell me, um, you played obviously for New, for Newcastle when Wayne Bennett was yep. the coach there. He had gone to St. George after the Broncos and, and won a premiership there and then he went off, you know, Nathan Tinkler's millions and, yep. and signed with, with Newcastle. When he was playing Brisbane... Was there any spice in it? Like, was he talking to you before the game about, you know, I want to get Broncos? Cause not at all. Not at all? Not one thing. There was no bad blood. There was, I think after him was Henjack and a, and a couple other other couple of coaches. But Griffin? Yeah, Griffin, yeah. There was no bad blood because they respected what Wayne built in Brisbane. They didn't take anything down. They didn't rip any of the, the Wayneisms. I'm, I'm calling them about you know down from the gym and take his photos and all this kind of petty bullshit. They don't play those games because they know that house that Wayne built and they respect the hell out of him. So you would know? you say that this reaction that he's had tonight is more an Anthony Seabold thing than a Broncos thing? I mean, he, he sounded pretty pissed off at the the the, the board as well. I guess. Yeah, they, they did him wrong up there. You know, he got to, he got him to a grand final, a kick off a grand final. You know. Um, and then what was it? Sixteen and then seventeen. They played. They they still made the finals. They were still well and truly up there. They they, they were still heading in the same direction. And then that you know, that, that doesn't happen. Like he he just got snaked. You know what I mean? He's a man's man, Wayne. You know what I mean? He wants to he wants to see it face to face. If you're the board member, if you've got a problem, if you're the CEO, if you've got a problem with with Wayne, you tell him because he's a man. You don't snake behind him and make all these little these sucker moves that he was seeing. He, and he's all about principles and he would have thought that he got wronged and he just would have left. He would have went, no, nah, I'm done. The other job that everyone's getting linked with at the moment, and ironically I think I saw Seabold was getting linked with it today, was the Cowboys job. Why the Cowboys would sign Anthony Seabold? I mean, his resume is not great. But anyway, that's that's a matter for the Cowboys. But 
Todd Payton, he's knocked back the Warriors gig. He was offered the Warriors gig mm. on a full-time basis. He's knocked that back. The One thing I don't understand, he said he didn't want it, there's family problems, blah, 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 but he's got a contract next year as an assistant coach with the Warriors. So – Yeah, why, why do you want why, to stay? So if you're going to stay – don't you want the head? You, call, job? Oh, you want head job? you want the head coach job. You want, uh, that's that's you, better. That's better wording. So you want you want that job. You don't want to be getting on the uh, put on the books next year as oh yeah you, you're guaranteed the assistant coach. No fuck that. So like, you, I've known Todd Payton since I was about fifteen or sixteen. We come through the grades together. He was a couple of years older. He his football brain, his football IQ is is, is up there. It's very smart. He's very knowledgeable about the game. And for him, he was at he was part of that um, grand final win, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was his assistant yeah. coach. Josh Hannay is the person that is is going to be fighting for that job, or they'll be head head coach and assistant coach. So, I think what's going to happen there will be it'll be quite interesting because I'm 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 excited about these young coaches coming up because this is this is my era that I've played in. These guys. They're not. They don't. They're not leader of men like your Wayne Bennett's and Craig Bellamy's and all these sort of guys. But they're learning. You know, in twenty years we'll probably speak of them like this. So is, is Todd Payton only a couple of years older than you, mate? Todd, Big Rod. He's. I think he's only forty. I think he's forty-one or forty-two. Oh, and Josh wow. Hannay's only forty. Like don't we, go Josh. Into coaching. Josh Hannay. Yeah, exactly. Your age automatically. But like Josh Hannay, like he was a. He's a cowboy through and through. He's been up there his whole career. <laughs> Um, I, I love the bloke. I think he'd be a great fit, but so will Todd Payton. I just think both those guys will will form a, a great alliance. I'm not sure who's going to get the top job, but they'll be working together. So I'm just, I'm just happy to see guys like even Craig Fitzgibbon, one of the uh, best defensive coaches in the game at the Roosters. I see Jason Riles. I see John Morris. I see these young kids that were, were my generation that see the game a lot different than your Wayne Bennett's and your Tim Sheen's and your Craig Bellamy's, which is – which is great, but they drag all that knowledge from from those coaches. That's yeah. that's the beauty of it. It's not like they're going to try and, you know, um, invent the wheel again. It's like, okay, well, I've been coached by the best coaches. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take this. But in all, at, at the end of the day, you got to be your own sort of. You got to be your own person. And and I know these guys are. So I think the game's in good hands with coaches, especially with the younger coaches. It's great to see these young kids come up. Especially Josh Hannah. I'm pretty. I'm happy for him. And even big, uh, big Todd Payton. Well, you expect leadership from coaches. I mean, we expect leadership in this place with the producer, and he's banging around. I can't <laughs> believe. It. I don't know what he's doing. Honestly, that is just so unprofessional. The bloke's a flog, and <laughs> this just proves it. If you heard all that, that's him banging around. Because uh, it is interesting with younger coaches versus. I mean, Trent Robinson. He's still a young coach, really. I mean, he's been there for a while, but. Kyle Flanagan hasn't been playing badly, but the Roosters haven't been dominating, and he's basically just come out. He's a top point scorer in the comp, and yeah. he's gone, well, you're not performing as I want you to. Go and have a couple of weeks in Reggie's, even though there's no Reggie's. Mm. But, and he's put Lachlan Lamb in. And Lachlan Lamb's been good off the bench. Yeah. That, that sort of bravery in coaches is – preserve of people that are younger, don't you reckon? It's people rare. Are, it's, it's very rare. rare. It's very rare. And I think that, that – differentiates him from the guys like Seabold who have held on to to Milford, to Darius, to all these underperforming players, uh, Brody Croft, and just keep giving him second chances. Second, so there's no repercussions to their actions. You know, F- Flanagan, 
they're a top four side. Flanagan has been a little bit under par in the last couple of weeks. They've been win- and they've still been winning games. Usually the formula is you just don't change you don't change the winning, winning formula. Side. But he's just gone, you know what? You're not playing up to our standard. Sit on the sidelines for a couple of weeks. Have a think and, about and it. And think about it and just and obviously go back to the drawing board, go and, and do uh do work on the little things, your kicking game. Know your role in the team. Know you. Sp- it's very specific in the Roosters. They're very, they're very regimented in what they do. He needs to attack the line more. I'm obviously, you know, reiterating probably what what Robinson said. You need to attack the line more. Your kicking game needs to be on point more, and all these other little things. You know, um, need to take pressure off Kiri. His defense needs to be needs to go up a little bit. But I, I applaud Robbo for this. It's it's this is the way that, that Roosters that culture of the club that he has built, it's built on success regardless of if you're winning. You need to perform week in week out because I reckon old Flato would have been thinking, I'm sweet, we won. Mm. Thank fuck we won against the Titans. Thank God we won against you know the week before, you know they only win them one to twelves. You know they're usually being blowing teams off the field. So yeah, I think and that's then he the, gets the that's I'm the not difference. angry, I'm disappointed <laughs> that's speech. The, yeah, it's like it's it's such a difference between. Coach like Robbo and like Belly's even the same. You know, like Bellamy's so smart. Like with like he's resting Pappenhausen mm. this week. He's resting. The kids only play twenty five games, mm. but he and and I think there's a, I think there's a uh, so Bre- uh, Cameron Smith's been injured, so Brandon Smith gets to play. He switched around the forwards a couple of things, and this is what Belly does because he wants to see how you'll perform without Pappenhausen. Maybe you won't have Pappenhausen in the finals. You know what I mean? Like he plays games with a lot of his a lot of his kids down there, you know. So he puts them in different positions. Like he gets them in good positions, like on the table. They start winning. They get successful. They get they don't get big heads, and then bang! All right, let's see how you go without Pappenhausen. Let's see what sort of team up because it could, anything can happen in the finals. Let's see how you go without Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith's out injured. Okay, let's see how you go without Cameron Smith. Put Brandon Smith at hooker. Let's go to put another player up. It's like he's a coaching genius, and everybody knows who's been under under the Craig Bellamy regime down there. He's the best. He's the best. And it's funny too because it, that that the good coaches they prepare for situations. Yes, so that's what I'm saying. Like he prepares. He if, prepares the players. If more you're going to lose, but if you're going to lose one of your gun players in the middle of a year, you got to prepare for that. You know, and I yep. think probably if you look at. Um, Flanagan now and and giving Lockie Lamb a chance and Lockie Lamb's a great young kid and his yeah. old man's a genius footballer himself and I, I think that if they lose Keary they're in real strife yeah. so he's now giving you know Flanagan's been blooded now he's blooding Lockie yeah. Lamb as well I don't think it's necessarily about Flanagan's performance it's just about thinking to the future and that's yeah. good you and know? they are and they've got this young kid Sam Walker Chris Walker's young little nephew son of Ben Ben Walker. He's the future of that club, and I think it's only—it's only—it's only, on only a, yeah, it's only a matter of time before he takes the reins. And I think Flanagan and Lamb—they're—they're they, going to be there for the for the shortcoming. You know, Sam Walker is the future of that club. They've put a lot, a lot of time into that young kid. So, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's interesting to see how Flano comes back. This is a good test of his character. Would you rather, when you were playing, did you like the man manager? Coaches, or did you like the technical coaches, or did you have a technical coach? I, I had um, like Neil Henry was very technical. Um, Wayne Bennett wasn't. Folks, he wasn't. Freddie was here and there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I like the man manager, which is probably more of a trust thing. It's like mm. just really just go out there and do your thing. I, I trust what you do. 
I feel sorry for halves and five eights. They they get bombarded with game plans and this and that. So with my position being the player that I was, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. I'd go out there, dominate the game, lead from the front, all these kind of things that I was good at. It wasn't it wasn't overcomplicated. So I'd rather I'd rather that. And I think the Roosters and you know their game their game plan isn't that complicated. Most of it most of the game isn't that complicated. You just got to do the little things simple simple and do them great. You know, like that's that's what they breed the roosters, and they they breed success. And obviously, he's been he's been below par. One other thing that has happened this week is that Nathan Cleary mm. has. But I mean, this is it's a sort of an unevent. But I mean, the Dally M is a big thing, and you know, he's he's sitting behind Harry Grant, who is now he's out for a week. So I, he could potentially be in front of the Dally M's this week. He's lost his points, six points. Uh, for TikTok, I mean that's six points for stupidity. Uh, he had two weeks off as well. They banned him for two weeks. Yeah. It's, it's an expensive dance, isn't it? It's an expensive TikTok. Um, I honestly think, personally, that he's paid his debt to society. He's been he was suspended for the first two rounds. He got fined. He got humiliated all through social media and everything like that. I don't think. They should take this away from him because you don't know when you're going to have another breakout season like Cleary's having. But in saying that, it's it's you know he's fucked up as a he's he's supposed to be a role model. He's supposed to be all these things that we want to put him on a pedestal for, and you know he should have known better. And I just think how how rugby league players think. And what happened in the preseason and all this kind of stuff, it was going so bad. And for him to do this after after all the shit that happened last year, like it's it's hard to put you it's hard to say he he deserves like he doesn't deserve the Daly M because of this. Do you know what I mean? But, you but know what? how I, much is enough? Like if, if this this I'll tell you why this is dumb. Because if he finishes just say he finishes five points behind the winner mm. or one point behind the winner, and those six points are the difference between him losing and winning. And he's already had two games off. He's clearly the best player in the comp. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a stupid dance anyway. I don't understand. I mean, I understand it, you know, and it's hard to put your finger on because I think he's paid his debt to society. How much more do you want to pay? Like, he's he's been humiliated all f- through the whole of social media. It's going to be on social media forever. Um, he got the two-week suspension. I think it's been very petty from the NRL. You know, if he's the best player in the comp, give it to him. And it just it just sucks. I mean, what what is what does he do? Like it's it's six points. I mean, come on, man. That's, that's if you're the judges of- in the last two rounds, just give him six points. That'll even it up. Just someone else have a decent crack so he doesn't get it. Uh, speaking of social media, we have to touch on this. Uh, it's I mean, look, this is two consenting adults doing consenting adults things. Uh, Katoni Staggs has been the victim of I guess you'd call it revenge porn, but. Mm. Uh, it's a pretty good lesson for rugby league players, especially the current crop of rugby league players. Don't film things. Don't film things you don't want your mum to see. That yeah. would be my strong advice. As a, a wise man just told me, like, you've got to think 20 years ahead. This is the internet right now. Um, Didn't you just 20 or 30, 20, or 30, 20 or 30 years, like, he's going to be running around. He might have a son playing uh, rugby league or rugby union or whatever sports, and this shit is still on the internet, and then some parent comes and, and shows his kid, hey, that's that's that guy's father. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you got to think long game. 
You're the master at the long game. Like, I don't know who they're getting, what they're getting taught at such a young age. Like, at 16, 17, this is where I keep talking about these kids need to be psychoanalyzed at such a young age. Like, just psych evaluated all the time at 16, 17 years old. I want to see what sort of kid I'm getting at the Broncos. I want to see what sort of kid I'm recruiting to Melbourne, to the Roosters, to the Bulldogs, to all these great clubs. I don't want to fuck up like this at 21. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it's just a lesson like you don't have to film it. Hey, if if it happened, it, you, uh, you don't have to show me on on film, man. I believe you. Just tell like, me. Can, just tell hey, me it happened. Just tell me it happened. This is not just a Katoni. This is all these younger kids, man. Look, have some fun. Do what you want. Enjoy your life. Don't have to fucking film it. Don't have to, you know, you, the, the things in front of your face. Like just just be careful, boys, you know? Like just be, think of the 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 repercussions in 40, 50 years, you're a fucking young kid right now, but like, and you think the world, you know, the world's your oyster and it's and it's great and all this kind of stuff, but you're going to have a wife and kids one day, mm. you know what I mean? And then you're going to go to school and then your kid's going to have to play. He might be 10 years old and now the fucking parents going, yeah, that's that, uh, have a look at this video of your dad being 20 years old because it's on the internet forever. Once that shit is filmed, it's done. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's no, there's no more. There's no more. It's on there. You can't delete it. There's nothing like that. So, just be wary of that shit, guys. Young kids. I mean, I know they they live, you know, social media they live the through social me media. They use it to, you can use it for such a powerful thing, and you can use it just to be a, a troll. And there's like so many other avenues and dickheads out there. But like as a league player, as a role model, you are a role model to these young kids. Like, let's not. Let's not uh, let's not try and own that. Like I remember going through when at my mid early twenties, like, no, nah, I'm not a role model, man. I'm not a role model. I shouldn't be a role model. I'm from Toronto West, I'm a young kid from commission houses and all this sort of shit. Done good, all this, you know, all this sort of story. I'm like, nah, fuck that. I am a role model. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you own it as quick as you. The, the quicker you own it, the quicker you'll get along with life and you own your responsibilities and accountability. And you won't be doing dumb shit like this. You know, you got to you got to understand like these young kids, these young Broncos fans, these young any kid who's kicking a football around now. Katoni Stags, man, he's like I'm not just talking about Katoni Stags. I'm talking about all these young kids. These young kids look up to you, kids, and you are role models. Stop trying to back off and use excuses like, oh no, man, I'm, I I come from a hard upbringing and all this sort of shit. It's, not, it's a fucking cop out. You are you are that role model. You need to understand that these young kids. Would wear, if we if we own our I, I own IP NRL, you could wear a Katoni Stags or a Sonny Bill Williams or Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston shirts. They'll be wearing your jersey, mm. like the NBA and like the NFL. But we don't do that. But they still love you guys so much, and they put you on a pedestal. You know, so just own it and and live like you should. Be well, a good human. I mean, he, he didn't do anything morally wrong. Nothing wrong. It's just get that just fucking camera out of my face. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to see a Bronco score for once. So, this, uh, speaking of scoring, I, uh, well, I'm the king. I'm the king you of. You are the king of what? Everything, mostly. But this week, I'm the king of the Neds. Yeah. Uh, what happened? What happened? What, tell tell, the tell kitty, us. The kitty's gone up. I'll tell you what happened. The producer. Yeah, give it to us. Uh, the, well, the producer, he's. He's come out, he's had his own little bet, he's gone each way, he's put his own money in, which no one will ever see. Mr. Each way? I thought you were Mr. Each way. No, I just win. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so Craig, he got a, he got a place Khaled. bet up. 
you know what we're going to do? We're going to call up Jared now because Jared is – I'm sure he's going to be proud of me. I, like to I think he Jared should be proud, proud of you. Because he wears a hat. He's got a jaunty smile. He's Beautiful very beard. handsome. Uh, Jared, are you there? I'm here, guys. How are you? Mate, I'm well. Uh, anything you'd like to tell me, Jared? Um, in relation to what, Ian? How uh, good you are at betting? Correct, Jared. That is correct. One plays 29. We've done it. There we go. <laughs> oh, What does that mean? He means the producer's 129. Do you know what, Jared? I expect oh. better from you. This is just... Yeah. All right, just off topic, Jared. How good was yeah. my bet if I just hadn't like done what I usually do? If I said just the Roosters yeah. 1 to 12, come yeah. on. I was nailing it, wasn't I? I blame yeah. the trainer. You thought you had it, didn't you? I think you forgot that you had the horse on there as I well. I did because I was tweeting stuff to you going, yeah, I'm a genius, I'm a genius, I've nailed it. And yeah. you're like, I think that was in your multi. I was like, it, it fucking is. Yeah. Oh, God. I was the wet blanket. Sorry. Anyway, I was um, yeah, I was, pr- <laughs> I was proud and it was half a win. And for reference, it was a two-leg multi, which means he literally only had to remember one other thing other than his win. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's yeah. I was too excited about your four-leg multi or 50-leg. It was 76 leg. We won a million dollars. Jared, how much did we win with the producer's shitty bet and with my bet? How much did we uh, How much did we make? Well, the producer's tip drifted out to 21 bucks for the win, four for the place. So, and because he had 50 on each way, we got 200 for that, and then we got your 400, Ian. We're up to $3,300 in the queue. Hey, oh, let's put go. it all on St. George to beat the Roosters, <laughs> eh? Let's, not, no? let's okay. not do that. I don't know about that. Uh, Jared... I'm going to start. Okay. Because do you know why I'm going to start, Jared? Why is that, Ian? Because you're the carryover champion? <laughs> that is correct. So <laughs> what my bet is, I'm going to maintain the rage in terms of the line betting. I'm going to yep. go with, and I'm probably going to go against my learned friend here, but I'm mm. going to take the Roosters to cover the line, yep. into the Storm to cover the line, into yep. the Knights to bounce back and cover the line there. Okay. So that is That's a three-line right. bet. How do you reckon? That is a three-leg multi. I mean, well, you got one home at, for $400 last week, and let's have another crack at this. Um, I actually think for their usually lost, lofty standards that Roosters might be in a little bit of a form slump at the moment. Uh, look, that being said, last week certainly proved that the Dragons still know how to lose a game, and the line is only 10.5 points here, so it's still very doable for the reigning Premiers. Uh, look, the Storm have well and truly reaffirmed their premiership credentials. Um, I think if they're not beating the last place dogs by 13 and a half points, there's probably something uh, seriously wrong with them. And I thought the Knights looked a lot better last week. They lost, but the line in this game is only four points. They're favourites. That's about as short as it gets in terms of lines in round 13. Same deal as last week, Ian. $2 lines with the value of it being in a three-leg multi. We are getting eight bucks. And can I just say, Jared, because obviously yeah. being the carryover champ, I have certain... Skills that yeah. I need to share, especially yeah. for Dane on Twitter who gives it to me every week. Dane, here you go, mate. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. do you reckon? This is I'm not betting on it, but what yeah. about Flit at Randwick? I reckon Flit. first up, it's a special. Have you That's, had a look at have you had a look at this field today, Ian? I have. The group two missile stakes. I reckon this is the best edition of the missile stakes since I became a horse racing rider seven years ago. Uh, it's just outstanding. I just really can't wait for the race, but I completely agree with you about this horse, Flit. Uh, it's it's first up. It hasn't missed a place first up three times previously. It's a Group 1 winner. 
And the favourite in this race, Melody Bell, she's won 11 or no, 10 or 11 Group 1 races previously, but she doesn't usually race particularly well fresh. I think that's going to be the key here. $6 for flit. I've actually tipped it myself today, Ian. I think you might be right in the money. There you go. Hey. Everyone, get on to that. Now, William, what, right. uh, what's your bet? For well, today? you know, I don't um, I don't back favourites, so I'm just going to go – I'm going to back St. George against the Roosters. I think the Roosters are due for a loss. Yeah. I just don't think they're going that well. I think their back five has really copped a hit. Uh, no, you know, Brett Morris, I think maybe Josh Morris might be back. Um, Ryan Hall and Ikevalu coming out of the backfield with Teddy – they're not giving. They're not giving him enough help. Um, you know, Joseph Manu. He's getting some real early ball, but even like you know, I think they're starting Lindsey Collins and Nat Butcher, like with Mitch Orbison, Isaac Lou. They just don't have that real good balance with Boyd Court on that left edge. And you got Crichton that was playing some really good football before he got injured. Even yeah. Victor Rally to say, but I haven't had Isaac Luke at lock. Uh, Isaac Liu at lock. It's just sort of it stuffs them around. I'm not sure if um, I'm pretty sure Hargraves is out as well. So it's a bit of late mail there, but um, I just don't think they're playing that good, man. Like, I mean, I think they can match them. Like, you got you still got St. George. I think Clune back. They've dropped Corey Norman, which will be a massive wake-up call for, for Normie. He's a good kid, but, um, you know, shit happens. Hope he fights, him, fights, his, fights his way back. But you still got Frizzell, Tarek Sims, like a Blake Laurie, like McInnes. I think they're, they're still, they've got that sort of side they can beat. They can upset the Roosters. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back them, and I'm going to yep. back the Titans – to beat the Cowboys. I think the Titans are playing some decent football. They've just been a little bit off. They've played some good, so played some good teams, but I think um, the Cowboys aren't. They're not playing that good. They're not playing that good of football, mate. They're just playing Tal Malolo football. Guys like Jordan McLean and all these other guys, they're just not helping him. So, and, they're, and they're back, their back line is pretty, is pretty basic. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the Titans will get that. And I think stop, my stop, stop, two. Stop, just stop. What? Stop with that. That's a good bet. No. No, no, no tries, no anytime try scorers. Oh, go on then. All right, go on. No, this Blake one. Ferguson no. and Alex Johnson anytime try scorers. Yeah, they're fucking okay. wingers. Come on, man. Blake yeah. Ferguson has not scored a try all year. I know, and it's just t- it's time for him to score. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look, I I tend to agree with you there, Will. He's certainly overdue. Um, I really like the Titans leg here, so yeah. I thought. Everyone put a lot of rubbish on how the Roosters played last week, but I actually think the Titans were very, very good last week. Yeah, Yeah, I've certainly been buoyed by this David Fafita signing. I mean, I know he's not playing full in the but they're clearly hanging out for it. Um, Look, the four legs together, Alex Johnston is a $7 favourite to score first in his game. We're getting $35.03. Yes. You're welcome, kids. Is, (laughs) is 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 that first try score any time? Oh, sorry. No, yeah. But you said anytime, isn't it? That yeah, is with anytime, him man. as a dollar seventy-two anytime try scorer. Sorry, I said him. the wrong yeah, thing. Right, there, but yeah, right. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on so to bad bet, the flog of the week. Your favourite time of the weekend. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. How long do we keep going with this? He's none from two now. <laughs> well, he got he got us one home last week. What are you yeah, but it about? wasn't as much as mine, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> What's he come up with this week? All right, where he doesn't are give, you know to... he doesn't give us any of these tips either. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Load up now. Take these early prices. They always move by the time of Saturday. Anyway, he's taking us to Flemington, race six, number seven. This is the Group Three Ori Star Handicap. It's the feature race in Melbourne this weekend. Uh, look. Yulong January, the horse, he's first up on Saturday. He's recorded a win and a third placing from three previous fresh attempts. His overall record is actually seven wins and four placings from only 15 career starts. 
the ability is definitely there. He's found form around some good horses last preparation. I'll be honest with you, blokes. When I did the form for this race this afternoon myself, completely irrelevant of anything we're talking about here, it took me a long time to land on what I landed on, and I'm still not particularly confident in that. I think uh, around the $9 mark, this horse, Yulong January, looks as good a chance as anything. Nine bucks. $9. Not each way, is it? Not each well, way. No. Yeah, I actually didn't ask him if he wanted it each way. We can either have no, 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 nose straight on the nose, way, mate. Yeah. Straight on the nose. Okay, he's well, shaking his big ugly head. He's, so. <laughs> he's landed. He's landed them at longer odds than that before. Oh, he's okay. good. I like. I like him. <laughs> There's no need for that. You're dreaming, you know, Jared. I'm all on I, your side, and then you just come in and wrap the bike. I'm, I'm, I'm team the producer, and honestly, when I get the opportunity to name drop that I have 10 minutes a week on the take with Willie Mason. I'm not telling people I'm on a first name basis with <laughs> Willie. I'm telling people that I have the direct line yeah, to the producer. I am <laughs> Willie is the worst ever. I am that's five the, seconds from quitting this show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jared, thank you again. Neds have been massive yes. for us and, uh, and it's the highlight of my week. And at it what is. point will you wear that hat? Yeah, <laughs> I think I said to you blokes off camera last week that I have never worn a fedora in my life. I look like an idiot with any sort of headgear. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. So if, maybe, maybe, well, maybe we'll celebrate the end of the season. Yeah, Melbourne Cup, Melbourne Cup, yeah. okay. fedora, <laughs> right, fedora theme. Well, Fair thanks play, again, yeah. pal, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Not at all, guys. Thanks very much. Have a good week. Cheers, mate. You Cheers, too. mate. Right. See you guys. All right. Uh, yeah, we don't have to remind everybody at home to gamble responsibly. I think I did it tonight. I thought it was my turn. It was no. my turn. Did gamble you gam- responsibly. Did you gamble responsibly tonight? I did. I won last week, so I'm very responsible. So you can do what you want? Does yep. that mean you do? Now, do you know what we're going to do, William? We're going to go through our tips. Uh, this is obviously all live on Facebook, but yeah. we're going to run through our tips now, and then for those tuning in on the podcast, uh, then you can hear our reasons for all of those things directly after. So. All right. You can go first. Well, I'm going to back the Dragons, uh, the Eagles, Rabbitohs, Storm, Knights, Panthers, Titans, Eels, and that's it. Eight from eight. I'm going to go Roosters. I want to tip the Warriors, but Manly need a win. Manly, Souths, Storm, Knights, Panthers, Cowboys with Morgan back and Eels. All right, fair enough. So tune in and see me beat. Did you get seven? You got seven for mate last week, didn't you? That's two weeks in a row. Two in a row. I'm six. You're seven. Yeah, all right. I'm good at this. You're not bad. There's some pretty good games this weekend, actually, I think, in my. Honest opinion, William. And yeah. the first game is the old Anzac Day clash, which, thanks to coronavirus, is now being played yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> St. George, Illawarra, up against the Roosters. Mm. St. Think, George yeah. St. George weren't bad last week. No, they weren't bad. I mean, what, they get off to 16-0? Yeah. Like, it's, it's – good teams go along with that. They go along with it. But, you know, um, they end up getting beat. But I'm still backing them. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna back the St George Dragons. What, what, what specifically? I, I don't like the back five for the Roosters, other than Manu and Tedesco. They've got too many. They've got too many young kids. Not young kids like Ryan Hall. I mean, and Ikevalu. Like Ikevalu scored those. What did he score? Four five tries, tries. Five tries, which was freakish. Like great, great effort. But I think they put Tupanua in the centres, unless they're fucking not 
put the right thing on um, on the app. But um, yeah, and they're you know they're forward pack. I think Hargraves is out. Lindsay Collins is starting. Take Ahu, I think, is one of the best. I think he's the best front rower in the game. You've got Nat Butcher, Mitch Orbison, and Isaac Lou in the back row. It's not balanced for me. That's last week's team. Is it? No, it's not. Have they put I swear Nat it's in? not. Nat Butcher, it? Yeah, Nat Butcher. So I just think um, – so Max Bailey, you know, Drew Hutchison, before we're talking about these big names on the bench. So this is where I go on. This is where I, I really go on how good you go on as a club. I look at your top 17, then I look at your tw- – you know, the the guys, you know, the 18th and 19th men. you got Tupulotu and – Egan Butcher, I've never heard of these guys. Usually they're the kids that you're going, God damn, they're, they're really biting for that top 17. So I think they're struggling for a little bit. I think, you know, they're, 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 not, um, they're not cumbersome or anything like that, but they're not playing their best football They have because they haven't got their best side out there. No, they're best, missing the best, so many The best players. side out there for the Roosters will fucking flog St. George. Hands down. Mm. But St. George has got a lot to play for. They're still fighting for a top eight. Corey Norman got dropped. You got the little Clune kid coming back. And I think I think they can I think they can upset it. You know, yeah. so they hate they hate each other, these two teams. So I just think I think they got the team, they got that sort of rugged, tough team that can beat the Roosters. So. I'm just excited that Nat Butcher's in the starting side. That's helped my supercoach team enormously. Uh, Mitch Orbison too Shout out to Mitch Orbison 300 games 300 it's not, games It's not a small feat Congratulations Orbo Well you done were, mate You were close Yeah For those that were nah. listening You were very close But Daily Cherry Evans Stole all of your money <laughs> For the side that we're now playing uh, The Warriors Manly yeah. They're up against Old backflip Great Daily. segue Thanks Thanks DCE Stole your money <laughs> I love you mate You know that Just needed a second year And you would have been Anyway yeah, that's 300 clubs overrated it is, yeah, especially because you didn't make it. No. Uh, the Warriors. Yeah. How good were the Warriors last week? How bad were the Tigers? Was it a good Warriors or a bad Tigers? It was a combination of both. I think the Warriors, considering they had about five blokes go home, um, and I mean, and that and was Jack Hetherington being a beast again. I love him. And Daniel Arvaro and Jennings coming in. Jennings. And your players just like, they don't even know, they're not, they're not signed by the club. They have no... You know that they have no passion for that club. They just have, they just have balls, and they just go out there and they rip in. It's great. It's a great character te- che- test for these guys. Daniel Alvaro got players player two years ago, and he can't get a start in the Parramatta side. No, do you know what I mean? Like so, that's 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 um saying where Parramatta is at the moment. But like these kids, imagine being. I can't imagine being on loan. Like it's it's never happened in my in my time, and it probably. It probably never will happen in the game again. No, that's or right. Maybe, or maybe it, it's probably a good thing because you see a lot of kids that aren't in the top 17 that should be playing first grade, but it's a different thing because when you've got your salary cap and you're managing it and you're paying players and all that kind of stuff, unless they can work something like that out, it's a bit different. But, you know, shout out to all the guys that are on loan and ripping in for that club. Yeah. You know, they're, got, they're going like, yeah, I'll leave Parramatta. I'll leave the safety of my home and I'm going to go down to the Central Coast and live in a fucking bubble. I neglect all my family and – not neglect. Leave my family and everything that I have at home and go down there to play first grade. That's how much it means to play first grade. And I think it's a massive big shout-out to everybody who's on loan for any club and um, well, well done. I, I genuinely would prefer to live on the Central Coast than Parramatta, but, you know, <laughs> their well, own. You're an eastern suburbs boy, mate. Souths, the grudge match. Here we go, the Wayne Bennett Cup. We're not going to call it the Anthony Seabock Cup because his career won't last long enough for him to have a cup named after him. But the <laughs> Souths, 
are coming off a good win uh, yeah. against St George Illawarra. Who you? Well, I got forced into that last week. If you're a listener of the show, you're welcome. Just to yeah, seven exactly. from eight. Yep. Whatever. Latrell Mitchell, hey. Latrell Mitchell, he's a big difference. Look at the difference he makes behind. He's good. He's he's touch, his skill level, his rugby league IQ, when to pass the ball. He makes that shit look so easy until you see another player at fullback. Did you see Alex Johnson the week before? Yeah. You see what he tried to do? Yeah. You can't you, you can't replicate freakishness like that. He's got a touch that nobody else has. He's got skill level that nobody else has. Great to see him back and and doing his thing. So he's a great kid, Latrell. But his skill level is unbelievable. How he comes around from the back. He starts in the middle of the field. Just say if you're attacking on that left side of the field, he'll start behind the play the ball. And the routes that he's running behind to get that ball and that, and if you're that opposite winger in center to jam in on him and him to have the, the nouse to either throw a face ball, which to the people who don't understand the game, which is in front of that in front of the center to hit that winger or to hit it short is nothing short of ridiculous. Only a few players could ever do that. And he he does it so easy. It makes it look and the great players make it look easy. But I look at him and say, damn, he's he's just a freak. Good to see him back. One thing you did put a thing on Twitter, because I follow you on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you put a thing about if the Troll Mitchell makes the centers and Cleary and mm-hmm. you got hammered a bit for saying Nathan Cleary wouldn't. Oh, there's a much, bunch of fucking rednecks out in Penrith that just go crazy all the time. That's a problem. <laughs> and they just love Nathan Cleary and they just love having – I don't really give a fuck about him, but um, I like arguing with him on Twitter because it's pretty easy to argue with a bloke who's never left his mum's basement. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's 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 not his, – his football IQ isn't up there, so all he wants to do is hang out with Nathan Cleary. But I look at, I just judge people on what I see. You mm. know, I think I think – I said uh, Bradman Best should be if if everything goes well. Brad, if 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 they don't pick Latrell at left centre, because I think Latrell is the best left centre in the game, regardless if he's playing fullback. I say they put Kiri, Whiten, and Latrell. That should be that. That should be that left side easily. And if and if Latrell's out, you pick Bradman Best, mm. and that's it. And oh, what about fucking clear? Mate, shut up. This is my opinion. That's the beauty of social media. You can use your opinion. I can use mine. Do you I don't feel really care? Do you feel bad? Bradman's best probably out for the season. Eh? You've mocked him. Oh, he'll be out for six weeks or something like that. But like that's my. I mean, I know for a f- and like I know people in that fucking team. Which team? The New South Wales team. Like I know. Like I got a little bit of an insight, sort of. Hasn't been little, pictured. How do you know? It doesn't matter. Dog? But I know what they're thinking. I know exactly what the New South Wales is thinking. Well, do you know what the dogs are thinking? I think that they're. Because that is a team that you obviously – and people, I think they get it wrong that when you criticise the Bulldogs, it's coming from a place of love, essentially. I mean, you love the Bulldogs and you hate watching them go badly. It's just hard to watch a club going as badly as what they are now. They they played okay last week. Um, they pushed, you know, an eel side that was probably – they underperformed. It doesn't get any easier this week up against a storm. No. The only thing is, is disappointing is just the way they're playing. You know, like everyone's like, every, you know, you know what's sickening is to hear fans going, "Oh yeah, they they're trying hard. Mm. They really they don't fucking try hard. Everyone tries hard." Oh, Lachlan Lewis is making his tackles. He's supposed to make his tackles. He's Sorry. an NRL player. Yeah, like this is not this is not uh, clubland 
when you're playing for, for the Coogee Wombats or the Dolphins or, you know, like any any sort of C grade or whatever you're playing, you're playing NRL, you're getting paid NRL money. We expect the highest from you, not just, uh, yeah, you made your good tackles or, you know, you made your tackles. Do the right things. Wear that jersey with pride. That's what pisses me off. That's why I look at it and just go, this is not the way you're supposed to play when you wear that jersey. Not when I played. Mm. I'm not one of, and I'm not one of those old – you know what, I'm not, one, I'm not one of those guys who bag the new era. And I love this new era of players. But, fuck, we're short of some talent there, man. Yeah. They re- and they're going to struggle on the weekend too, which is oh, a shame. Playing against Melbourne. Like Melbourne's re- – Melbourne, the disrespect, you rest in Pappenhausen. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, I would be filthy, but what are you going to do about it? Well, not win is what they're going to do about it. The Knights really actually do need to – Yeah. They can't continue to be as up and down as they have been because the roster they've got, they, they genuinely should be a top four side or at least punching on the door yeah. of it. They've got a pretty easy run home, to be fair. The Tigers – I mean, if you're a Tiger supporter, you watched last week and you just go, what are we doing? But anyway, it, it'll be a reasonable game. Yeah, um, I, just, I look at like last week's game, Knights, you know, I picked Melbourne to win the comp and I'm still sticking to that. I think they've uh, adapted to the rules and they're, they're going to excel and get even better. And as I said, it's going to be like, you know, WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, like the last man standing. <laughs> You're going to have to fucking sign the rock or something like that so we can throw everyone out because the amount of injuries in the game at the moment is horrendous. So um, the Knights are feeling that already. They've moved Kurt Mann to nine. They've brought Blake Green. Blake Green's a good Stra- signing. Oh, Blake him. Green's a great signing. It's a good Mitch- signing. Because Mitchell Pearce, he'll settle Mitchell Pearce down. He, he's got a great kicking game as well. Kurt Mann at nine, but Like, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, as I said, I keep saying about their forward pack. Needs a point of difference in that side. You know, someone can offload, someone who can break the line. You know, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing many line breaks from any of the, the forwards at the moment. Like Jacob Saifidi's filling in for his brother. You know, Mitch Barnett, he he goes as hard as anybody. Aiden Guerrero, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. It just there's nothing, nothing there that changed my mind. I look at Luciano Leilua, offload, left foot. Plays on that left side of the ruck. He he has a point of difference as a back row. He's got a great left foot. He can pass the ball. You know, McIntyre and Eisenhoof, they're pretty, they're pretty good workers. But, like, just, just having that one back roll, that just sort of changes a couple of, a couple of moves. Like, you don't know what he's going to do close to the line. He can hit him, he can hit behind the markers, inside A, or he can pass the ball. He's got that left arm offload. He can do some different things. I mean, that whole pack, like David Clemmer, Zyfidi, Fitzgibbon, like, they're just like, I don't know. They just, they just need some sort of, some, some back roll who can just, have a different point, point of difference, man. It's just like it's frustrating watching because all they do is rely, they rely on just Piercy and, and um, Ponga. Kane and Ponga. If they play bad, like the other team gets a leg up massively because, you know, the forward and the forwards, you know, guys like, you know, like Clemmer, they, he does his best. He's going to give you 180 plus meters a game, give you 40 tackles, 90% effective tackles. Same, same as Saifidi. Well, their back row just lets them down. Uh, I don't know. Who to, I mean, it. Oh, yeah. It's a hard I, game to pick, man. You hate on this Because the Tigers they do are right. tough. They're God, right. they were disgraceful last week. What do you think about, like, with, with Madge and his, you know, just the changing of the team? You know, Luke Brooks is in there now. You know, like, he keeps dropping these players in and out of the side. Like, I don't think it's good for their confidence, man. I don't think he's he's got that sort of team that's really mentally tough. 
that can go, yeah, yeah, I'll cop a couple of weeks on the sideline. I think that's probably why they want Maguire there, probably to, to, to bring that in. But I can understand yeah. what you're saying because, you they're, know. Their forward pack's a beast. but they Chopping and changing. You know, the Sam McIntyre, I think he's played – He's played fuck all games in Eisenhuth, you know. You're dropping these other kids and putting Chris Lawrence in the centres and not starting him and this and that. And I understand because BJ was out, but I don't know. It must, might be a little bit of, you know, just too much chopping and changing for that team. They need to find some consistency and you just need to play him out of that. Just seeing kick sure. the chair. I like that. I, like oh, that. I love Madge. Madge is a good guy. He's a, he's a great coach as well, but I just don't think he has the cattle there. Panthers have got plenty of cattle. They – Dismantled Manly last week. Uh, mm. Charlie Staines, that kid from Forbes, he must think NRL. Who's who thinks this, this is, is a big waste of time? Scored seventeen tries in five minutes. Union. He'll probably <laughs> go to Union soon. Get a million dollars. He's um, he's got well. He's out this week anyway, so I don't know. I'm bringing him up. But the the Raiders. I tell you what, the Raiders. I wrote him off a little bit when Hodgson got injured. Yeah, everyone did. They just come out every week and overperform. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. Except for last like, week, they got, really? got beat by the Cowboys. But you know what I mean? They just they, they stay in games. They hang in them. They, they've got no right to win some of the games they've been winning. John Bateman, Bateman, massive massive difference. Big in, like mass- massively. Like he's just he's come in. He hasn't played since the grand final. Yeah, and he comes in and gives an eighty minute effort. Like I think it was over a hundred meters game. It was you know something like 30, 30 plus tackles. But what he did, like it was, I don't, oh, it was inspirational, and, and you could see that from the other forwards, you know, Dinamis Lou and and um, you know, even like you know, Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead, these guys, they, you know, Josh Big Papa, like he's he's still folding blokes. That Ryan Sutton, did you see that palm yeah. he gave that kid? It was fucking awesome. Hi, we're Nara, you know, Joseph Tapine, uh, Tapine. I mean, um, you still got some good kids there, man. But if they had Hudson coming back, I'd be a lot more confident. In those guys having a real decent crack at the premiership, Penrith are hard to beat at the moment. Yeah, they got Gold, a freaky side, mate. Gold Coast, who oh, you know what? I reckon Justin Holbrook has done wonders for that joint. They just look like they're playing together. I don't think the Roosters were that bad on the weekend. I think the Gold Coast just played really well. The Cowboys have got Morgan back, and this is actually a pretty good game. I mean, I know that yeah. Anastasia Palaszczuk set the borders and the Broncos stink and Anthony Seabold lives there. So Brisbane and Queensland are doing pretty tough at the moment. But if you're a Brisbane-Queensland person, not yeah. Brisbane, but if you're a Queenslander, this is not a bad game. I reckon it's all right. I think the, they've underperformed the Cowboys again. Like you got Josh Maguire, Jordan McLean, Cohen Hess, Jason Taumalolo in your forward pack. It's a good pack. They're representative forwards. They've represented at the highest or at least origin, which is probably is which is probably the highest. You got Morgan back. Um, just their back five is, is is pretty bad. I think um I think the Titans actually playing not a bad brand of football. I think that Jamal Fogarty, the seven, oh, well. he's done real well. He's um he's playing some real good football, taking some heat off Ash Taylor so he can just focus on his passing game and his ball playing skills and his kicking game. But that pack, have a look at um, you know, Fodawaka, he's 20, 20 years old. It's just, I think he's second or third year in first grade. He's going to be a beast. You know, next year he's got a, he's got a plenty of help. So, um, you know, that Joloff goes hard. Kevin he's Proctor, Keegan like Hipgrave, Jai Arrow. You've still got a good team, man. Jared Wallace is on the bench. He's played, he's played Origin. You know what I mean? Like, you've got Origin players on your bench. You've got a fucking good team. He's a good guy. You've got Holbrook. a good forward pack. You've got a good forward pack. The forward, I mean, they're, but their backs aren't. They're not. They're not. They're not good. They're not that bad. You know what I mean? Bad. I was going to say another word, but 
Aiden Fanua Blake would have um, punched me in the face. All right. Uh, the Sharks are playing against the Eels. The Eels, they were. Di- I'll tell you what. Watching the way they won that game, and people say oh, you got to win tight games. They were genuinely disappointed with the way they played last week, and that's a good sign for them. Um, Brad Arthur's just extended his contract, so he's uh, one coach that seemingly has his mm. future all set up. But- Junior Paulo, Junior Paulo won him that game. A mm. couple of things that he did. With the ball, without the ball, his offloads, just his work around the ruck. Campbell Gillard, they're going, both getting two hundred meters. I was, I was, I touched on the big guys last week. You know, like they're they're changing the game. You if touched you, big guys last week. Okay. <laughs> touched on the big guys. There, um, you know, Campbell Gillard and Junior Paul. They've, they've really and read that Reed Marnie man. I love, I love the way he plays. Sean Lane's been great near Cora. Nathan Brown's been great. There've been some. I don't know. They're, they're decent, but I, I'm, I, I actually watched that game against the Dogs and went, "You guys can't win the comp." I actually thought that. I was just like, "This is going to be Melbourne Roosters comp in the grand final." I was like, "Parramatta just like they literally lost all my faith." I'm thinking that's a good team there, but like you can't put the Bulldogs to bed. You know I don't know. I, mean? like, I don't know what our demographics like, but so far tonight, you've. You've said that everyone from Penrith lives in their parents' basement and you've just brushed them as a premiership chance. So I hope no one from Penrith listens to the show. If you do, I love you. I love Penrith. Krispy Kreme. Just just slide into my DMs and see what happens. Anyway, Cronulla. I don't mind Cronulla. Uh, Hamlin Ueli, Aaron Woods, Talakai, that beast. He's a Oh, my God. He ran over fucking Payne Haas. I know. Are you serious? And that's on Seabold for leaving him out there for too long. Again. God damn. Got to mm. give that kid a rest. Toby, Rudolph, Toby Rudolph's my boy. He'd, you'd love him. We need to get him on the show. He's 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 out there. See him dancing? Yeah, it's man. Good. He's, he's hilarious, mate. Follow him on Instagram. Did he, did he sign button, with the Warriors? Hashtag button. And, did, he sign, did he sign with the Warriors and then brush him? Is that what happened? Uh, I'm not sure, mate. I'm trying to get him to the Bulldogs. I, need, I think they need, the Bulldogs need to sign James Tarmow. Leadership, over 250 games, 10 tests, 10, 10 origins. He's off contract, signing for two years. Sign guys like Toby Rudolph and it kept, just build that pack. Just build it and then players will come. You've got a big war chest there, boys. Use it wisely. But big daddy Kane Evans was back last week. He played some, um, played some good football. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not real. I wasn't, sold on, I wasn't sold on Parramatta last week. I just wasn't. No. I just. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think they'll win this game, but I just don't think they'll win the comp. Well, you're going St. George, I'm going East. We're both going Manly. We're both going South. We're both going the Storm. We're both going the Knights. We're both going the Panthers. You're going the Gold Coast. I'm going the Cowboys, and we're both going the Eels. So somewhere along that, we'll probably get eight out of eight between the two of us. Yeah, hopefully. Just get it right. <laughs> Only ever a message away from anyone. And this week uh, we had Jed Smith, who one of my favourite surf journalists, yeah. actually reached out. Not reached out, he just commented and he said, William, that he loves your stories. And in order for me to not let down Jed, I need you to tell a story. Last wow. week was good. Thank you, Jed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna go back into the into the un- my union, um, my little union stint while I was uh, living in Toulon. So um I think if you follow my story last week, we were in, we were in Monaco and this week we we're in Saint-Tropez. It was literally 45 kilometres from my house. And so obviously we've trained Monday, Tuesday, so professional, 
and then we wouldn't have to come back till Thursday afternoon. <laughs> You're talking, and, and if anyone who's lived in the south of France on the Med, it, the lifestyle is just crazy. And when summer hits, it's ballistic. It's like going from it's it's like going from here to Parramatta. That's forty five kilometers, isn't it? Something like that. You wouldn't know that. You I don't cross hands that great. <laughs> but. The point know. is, it's like you just go straight on the highway, boom, and you're in a whole nother, whole nother world. So one of the guys that was playing for us, he goes, oh, I know, uh, I know uh, George uh, Saint-Pierre. I'm like, oh, fuck off. I'm, I'm a massive M MMA fan. Now he will come. He will party with us in Central Bay. Like he was one of, he was one of our boys. No, I don't mention names on this show. And so five of us went up there. We're like, oh, I'm going to hang out with GSP. I said, that's all I want to do. So we go into this uh, in the uh, Nikki Beach. So anyone who's been to St. Bay, you'd know Nikki Beach. Nikki Beach is, is 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 worldwide. I think it's like a bit of a bit of a marquee sort of sort of world. Um, so we roll in there, and I was thinking, fuck, we're, we're in as singlets, shorts, all that sort of shit. That's our vibe. Couple pairs of sunnies, and that. Yeah, we're going in here. All white. It was all white party. It was like proper. I was like, damn, I think we're underdressed. Dude, like whatever that, the guy that was in our team knew everyone. They loved him. I mean, obviously, I think he was, he was a pretty big dog in the team. So they loved him. I'm just this random Aussie dude from, from Sydney, from Newcastle, in Saint-Tropez, in Nikki Beach. They give us the best table. They're like, yeah, Diddy's going to be here. They're like, later on tonight, he's going to be at this place called VIP. We're like, fuck, Diddy's going to be here. Yeah, and we already had tickets. That, like, we already had, like, hooked up. We already hooked up a booth. Well, they did for us at, um, at VIP. So we smashed – piss all day there was bottles bottles everything it was just it was ridiculous whatever you can picture in your head that's happening at nikki beach it happened it happened times 10 anyway i'm like where the fuck is gsp and next minute there he comes rolling in <laughs> if you check my instagram it's like one i think i just i just joined instagram and i took that photo and i put it straight up and i was like He's not going to come sit with us. So I used to take the piss out of him. Our Aussie, you know, the way our Aussies talk and the Frenchies don't really understand. He'd take the piss out of him. Like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, fuck, don't worry anymore. You can't even explain it. But I was with a couple of pommies and South Africans and all that kind of stuff, so they're fine. He comes, sits on our table, and he was – and I think, obviously, he was out of training and stuff like that. Was he drinking? Yeah, he was smashing smash piss really? all day. He strikes me. It. But, like, and then the, – the, the club got wild. It was so. This is a day. This is in the day, like twelve o'clock in the day, and I think about five, six o'clock, and then we went to this place called VIP. And then we went somewhere else. Anyway, we ended up this place called VIP, and then so my uh, my mate has gone. He's, he's bought a bottle of um, what's that most expensive tequila, Patron, and all this sort of shit. And I was like, you can't. This is what you're carrying around in the club, like a, like a like it's a beer or anything, like pouring it down people's throats, everything like. And we, he was loose as hell. And I was just like, fuck, man, just settle down. Settle the hell down. This is, and this is the same dude that was that organised the week before. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. He's gone bananas, man. This whole place is thumping. Everyone's like, yeah, Diddy's going to be coming soon, all this kind of stuff. We were absolutely tanked. It was unbelievable. It was one of the greatest nights I've ever had. Anyway, so he's, he's going to any random, just like shoving, like, it's not, it's not like it's champagne or anything. It's like fucking tequila. It's disgusting. If you don't like tequila, people would like spitting it on him and go, get the fuck out of my face. And I'm like, man, you got to settle down, bro. You're going to get kicked out. Security guards were looking for him. And then as Diddy was coming down the red carpet, 
I'm looking, I'm looking for my boy going, what's going on? And then GSP taps me on the shoulder and goes, oh, I think your friend, he's, he's outside. And he's <laughs> – so as Diddy walks down, so I'm, I, I walk out the front. As Diddy walks down with his entourage, my boy is getting tasered and, lock, <laughs> and locked up in a fucking with his on his guts and Diddy stood over him. They stood over him and did not give a shit about him and just kept on walking. And I was and I was sort of in the background. I don't know if there was any if there was any sort of media shots, man. I'm in the background trying to get my boy up, trying to get but they locked they locked, they locked him up. So we didn't know I'm like, he goes, that's, that's, that, that's your boy from today. I'm like, yeah. He's uh, he's with the police. I'm like, oh fuck, what do I do? He goes, you can do nothing. So I went back inside. I'm like, where? I'm like I said, boys, uh, I said, he, he, he's locked up. What do we do? Like, then the next day we're in our hotel room. We didn't, no phone, no nothing. Next minute he just goes, he just rocks up out of nowhere. I said, what the fuck happened? He goes, I got, you know, I got, I got tasered this. And I said, yeah, I've seen it. Diddy walked over you. It was so funny, man. I didn't care. Like, all the security guards, all that kind of shit. We're like, what are we going to do? He goes, he was a little bit, little bit rattled, but not, not much. Like, honestly, like, out of 10, probably three. Still pissed. He got he got tasered and put into the in, into the jail and they um they jabbed him so he could settle down because he was going crazy. <laughs> whatever whatever they give you to like to settle down because they thought he was going to like go mental. And then so on the way home we just stopped at one of the beach parties that was cranking and just kept on rolling. You've lived quite the life, William. <laughs> it just. <laughs> Oh, we just we just stopped there and we just talked about the whole thing. Next minute, the party just starts again. Thank you once again for tuning into our little show. We have enjoyed bringing it to you. For those that like the social media channels, mm-hmm. we have run a little test on Facebook tonight. We've done the show live. Mm. The problem that we've got is that the producer is unlikely to be able to produce this properly, but we've done a test run tonight and apparently went all right. Uh, He said it does, so it probably didn't. But what we would do from now on, what we will do from now on, is we're going to run the podcast. You can see us. For those of you who have been complaining about the producer bringing it out too late on a Thursday, you can tune in on a Wednesday night. We will be here. We will be live. We will be talking shit. And you can tune in and see all of the wonderful studio, all of William's wonderful head. Well, that's good. I'm yeah, glad. Good. I'm actually glad we're going live because I mean, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. We don't really edit that much. I no. mean, like what you see is what you get. So enjoy, people. Producer wouldn't know it. Tune in. Doesn't know anything. <laughs> I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.